0: Hello everyone! You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. Today, We are fortunate to invite our old friend Dr. Leonard Hofstadter, who has been an editor of scientific journals for a long time. Dr. Hofstadter shared a lot of interesting knowledge with us in the previous program. Let's welcome Dr. Hofstadter with warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Hofstadter?
1: Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Connie. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your invitation i'm very excited to be here
0: in the previous program we discussed a lot about the basics of exosomes these include the discovery process definition biogenesis and function of exosomes as we all know exosomes were discovered in the early 1980s at that time it mainly studied the role of exosomes in discarding unwanted proteins during the maturation of reticulocytes in the late 1990s there was a turning point in the study of exosomes. This new organelle has been proved to have immune regulatory effects. This makes exosomes an important factor in intercellular communication. In the following decades, scientists also conducted in-depth research on various substances from exosomes. So, what kind of substance shall we focus on today, Dr. Hofstadter?
1: More than 10 years ago, Researchers found that mast cell-derived exosomes contain not only proteins, but also functional microRNA and messenger RNA that can be transferred to recipient cells. So, these RNAs are the focus of our discussion today.
0: Do we have a special name for this RNA? And more, what is the relationship between it and intercellular communication?
1: Well, we call this RNA exosomal shuttle RNA. We know all cells communicate with their surroundings in many different ways. For example, growth factors, cytokines, hormones, chemokines, and surface-to-surface communication, through membrane-binding proteins and lipids. The discovery of transferable RNA in exosomes further increases the complexity of intercellular communication. In particular, it is related to the presence of microRNA in exosomes which can induce RNA interference. RNA interference is a natural process involved in gene activity control in living cells.
0: So, in short, exosomes are nano-level membrane vesicles secreted by cells, which are rich in protein, lipid, DNA, and RNA from cells. And exosomes carry these information substances and play an intermediary role in intercellular communication. Thank you Dr. Hofstadter. So, could you please give us a brief introduction to the research process of exosomal shuttle RNA? As far as I know, the field of exosomal shuttle RNA has experienced explosive growth in the past few years, since it was first reported in 2007. What are the main findings?
1: Sure. In the first year after the discovery of exosomal shuttle RNA, Only three studies were published to support the discovery that exosomes contain RNA. Two of these studies investigated the RNA content of circulating exosomes in the plasma of cancer patients. They suggested the role of exosomal shuttle RNA as a biomarker of ovarian cancer and glioblastoma cancer. And the third study reported the presence of exosomal shuttle RNA in prostate cancer cell lines. In conclusion, These studies highlight the importance of exosomal shuttle RNA in the field of malignant diseases. This has further promoted the development of this field. About two years after that, two reports supported the conclusion that exosomal shuttle RNA can be used as a biomarker. Interestingly, the possible importance of exosomal shuttle RNA in innate immunity and reproduction in this field has also been proposed. This part of the study supports the importance of exosomal shuttle RNA in a wider range of intercellular communication, in addition to malignant diseases.
0: That's impressive. As more and more researchers join this field, more and more published papers record the existence of RNA in exosomes. Scientists' studies cover different fields, including cell biology, immunology, cancer, neurology, stem cell function and so on. But the concepts of exosomes and microvesicles are often confused. Are they the same thing?
1: Well, exosomes are sometimes called microvesicles, and sometimes not. It depends on which separation method is used. Some researchers use both exosomes and larger microvesicles when studying extracellular RNA. Some scientists have tried to standardize that. The name microvesicles should only be used for vesicles of non-endosomal origin greater than 100 nanometers, and the protocols leading to the mixing of exosomes and microvesicles should be called extracellular vesicles. All extracellular vesicles seem to contain RNA, but their biogenesis, RNA loading, and purification methods will most likely affect the specific RNA spectrum identified.
0: So, in your opinion, exosomes should be defined as vesicles less than 100 nanometers, right?
1: Yeah. It's perfectly understandable.
0: I know many microRNAs have been found in these exosomal shuttle RNAs. How many are there?
1: To date, about 450 unique microRNAs have been found in exosomes. This number is still increasing. For example, Recently, researchers identified 202 microRNAs in the exosomes of immature and mature dendritic cells. Another group of researchers identified 134 and 144 microRNAs in two different liver cancer cell lines, respectively. Of course, the presence of individual microRNAs reported in these studies overlaps.
0: So, what are the reports about the existence of different messenger RNAs in exosomes?
1: The presence of messenger RNA in exosomes has previously been shown to be essentially different from exosome-producing cells. And it is not a random sample of cytoplasmic messenger RNA, indicating that exosomes have a specific packaging mechanism. The total number of secreted RNA has been reported to be more than 2,300.
0: Then, as you just mentioned, I came up with a message. When RNA was first found in exosomes, it was clearly shown that the exosomal messenger RNA content was significantly different from the RNA spectrum of donor cells. Are there differences only in messenger RNA?
1: Not really. The total RNA profiles of donor cells and exosomes are also different. Some researches show that the exosomal RNA spectrum lacks 18ths and 28s ribosomal RNA peaks. On the contrary, the peaks are very obvious in donor cells. In addition, unlike donor cells, exosomes are rich in smaller RNAs, such as messenger RNAs and microRNAs. However, it has also been reported that there are more obvious ribosomal RNA peaks in the exosomal RNA spectrum in the samples collected in urine and colorectal cancer cell lines.
0: Why are these two research results different?
1: There is a big difference between the content of ribosomal RNA in extracellular vesicles, larger than 100 nanometers in diameter and exosomes. Current studies seem to suggest that RNA profiles may be different between exosomes and larger extracellular vesicles. Extracellular vesicles larger than 100 nanometers seem to contain more ribosomal RNA. However, the RNA profiles of other non-exosomal vesicles need further study to draw a conclusion.
0: I have learned that in the first study showing the presence of RNA in exosomes, researchers also showed that exosomes can transfer RNA to recipient cells. How did they find this transfer?
1: As far as I know, the researchers introduced radioactive uridine into mouse-mast cells. They then isolated exosomes from these cells. Radioactive RNA can be detected in these exosomes. Then, they concultured these exosomes with recipient cells. The results obtained by quantitative analysis of radioactive RNA in recipient cells showed that exosomes derived from mouse mast cells could transfer RNA to other mast cells. Actually, several studies have shown that exosomes from many different cell sources can be absorbed by various receptor cells.
0: Why does RNA need to transfer to recipient cells through exosomes?
1: Because RNA plays some physiological roles in receptor cells. In the process of transport, exosomes need not only to be internalized by recipient cells, but also RNA needs to be transported to the cytoplasm.
0: Does this mean that the membrane of exosomes can fuse with the plasma membrane, and the content of exosomes can be released into the cell fluid of recipient cells?
1: Exactly. Exosomes can transfer their intraluminal cargo to recipient cells. This is an important step because adhesion or semi fusion does not cause RNA to enter the cytoplasm of the recipient cell.
0: How can we prove that the fusion of the two membranes is complete?
1: We can add some luciferin that cannot pass through the lipid membrane to the exosomes. After a few minutes, the activity can be detected in the receptor transgenic luciferase cells. This indicates that the luminal cargo including microRNAs and messenger RNAs in exosomes have been transported to recipient cells.
0: In other words, the exosome membrane can directly fuse with the target cell membrane and release its protein, messenger RNA and microRNA non-selectively. This is very important for intercellular communication. That's all for today. Thanks to Dr. Hofstadter for his wonderful science popularization. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. Next Saturday, we will follow Dr. Hofstadter to learn more about exosomes and their RNA. See you next time.
1: Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.